On this episode of the ACA Education Podcast, Justin sits down with educator, conductor, and clinician Daryl Yase. Daryl talks about his transition from the classroom to virtual coaching, his influence on the award-winning high school group Noise Complaint, and the importance of valuing unity in your program. Let's get ready. It's time for some ACA Education. It's the ACA Education Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Justin Glodish here with episode 34 of the Aka Education Podcast. And this week I have a good friend of mine. He actually is a former associate choral director for West Orange High School down in Orlando. Now he runs his own virtual voice and piano studio. His name is Daryl Yase. Daryl, welcome to the Aka Education Podcast. Dude, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Daryl and I actually went to Potsdam together. I mean, we have that connection, but you know, Daryl is just a phenomenal, phenomenal dude. He's beautiful voice. I remember, you know, him singing Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful <laughs> World uh, when we were in college together. And, you know, he has some of the best um, vocal abilities and just his directing abilities. He actually formed a group down at um, West Orange High School called Noise Complaint. Yeah. You haven't heard them they're one of the best sounding high school acapella groups wow. in the country all right they were recently just nominated for a bunch of cara awards contemporary acapella recording awards and they're actually featured on this year's best of high school acapella compilation and most of that has to do with daryl for oh. uh, for taking charge with that so daryl thank you for taking the time to be with me this week i'm so happy to be here thanks for having me absolutely now um, I want to talk to you about your arranging style because, you know, when, when we were in college together, um, we, we pretty much had everyone in the group kind of do arranging, but mm -hmm. it's been a while. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are getting a little bit older, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, when you were with noise complaint, um, how did you handle the arranging style in yeah. terms of, you know, who your students were yeah. and developing the texture within your arrangement? For sure. Um, I feel like with with the group in particular, um, being the director and arranger for that group, um, and I think this goes for many director and arranger, uh, people who hold that same role, um, you arrange for the voices that you have. Um, and, mm -hmm. and, and with the expectation for this musicianship um, of each student in this group, you wanted to give them we wanted to give them something challenging, but um, but still within their reach because acapella um, at the school at, at West Orange High School was was fairly new. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't uh, a genre that there was too much exposure to with the, with each kid. But they all kind of knew about it with you know pitch pitch perfect and um, even some who knew like the sing off with pentatonics and all you right. know all those amazing groups. Um, approaching arranging for them, just kind of getting their heads wrapped around how the textures work and how the syllables um how the syllables work um and then coming up with like a little bit of a like a formula uh mm -hmm. to to so that they can attach themselves to when 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 you know conquering each of their lines um so when i would arrange for them it would just be something pretty similar i mean something pretty basic mm -hmm. um and we we kind of br broke down the rudiments of like okay this is your 
rhythmic texture. You have your bass and your vocal percussion and listen to how these lines interplay. And then we would do different exercises like that, listen to different arrangements. And then we'd have the, you know, we'd say, okay, these are your pads. You have different, you know, pad textures and like, think of this. And we always kind of related things back to choral music. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, West Orange, we had like say a very strong choral tradition there. Um, so yeah, we said, this is your, these are your, um, sustained, we had, we, we call them sustained pads versus rhythmic pads where mm-hmm. like sustained pads were like lean into the swells and lots of microdynamics and know where your, um, know how to shape your lines versus where in rhythmic pads were like lean into all your articulations, like make them pop and make them, you know, lean into every consonant, you know, items like that. And after that, we'd go into like, you know, different harmon like harmony textures um, mm. that echo this, you know, this is echoing the lead and, you know, see how we can play with that and make those lines interplay. So a lot of it was uh, with arranging for them, a lot of it was like, just use like use your ears then your voice will tell you what to do um Mm -hmm. that type of a thing so uh yeah that's what that's what we delved into and then that slowly led into like just like a session sometimes we'd have sessions in rehearsals where we just collaborate and we Mm -hmm. would just play okay you have like each student would have a role like you'd be vocal vocal percussion on this role mr yas i don't know how to do that well give it a shot like this is your (laughs) room to play and mess up and try different things like but that way they all understood like if the goal was for them to listen if they had one specific role to do then they were able to like tune into what that role was so that like you know let's say if it's a tenor on a different arrangement, he's, you know, he or she sings tenor on a different arrangement, they would know how to listen for a vocal percussionist uh, in, in that arrangement, that type of a thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we arranging became more of just, you know, we don't have instruments, so let's see what our voices can do and how to do it in a healthy way. That's essentially awesome. how the style of arranging became, yeah. Yeah, it sounds it sounds pretty organic in, in a sense, you know, really just kind of working. And I love the idea that you bring up where, you know, understanding each person's role yeah. within the group, even if it's not their role to begin with. That's that's a really cool idea to have, you know, the non-vocal percussionists try vocal percussion because you never know what they might. You never know what they might exactly. come up with, you know, um, and I mean, not for nothing, vocal percussion wasn't really big back when contemporary acapella really began Mm -hmm. it just kind of has grown into its own demon right i mean even when we were in the pointer counts together i mean there was a few of us that did it but it wasn't like we had one set guy i mean the kids today that that beatbox and do percussion could like run circles around you know (laughs) half of half of the people that you know did in our group you know what i mean and it's it's amazing it's funny that you mentioned that like i started like you know i taught some basics of vocal percussion but then eventually kids came around they were like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I, I, yeah, you're good. You you can sit <laughs> yeah, down. No, we got it. it. Okay, yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> they just took it and ran, which you know we love oh, that. We love. That. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Taking ownership in their own education, you know, making it their own thing. Exactly. Which is great. Now, out of curiosity, um, the best of high school acapella arrangement, uh, bad idea, the Ariana Grande song, yeah. which you mashed up with Aaliyah love it uh was that was that your doing or that was, was that a not, collaborative group effort not my doing that was no. all my student darby leston that student is arrangement. awesome yeah this what she is a gifted talented amazing young woman and you know she's like just watch out for her she's going places she's just she's got an ear and mm-hmm. she's got she's just so authentic with her own style and i feel like like we basically said he well you know darby here's how you like do certain things and like take 
take it and run and she did and that arrangement and just like she she arranged for the group that she had and you know and mm-hmm. which was a phenomenal group and she um she gave everyone not only like like you know she took the tools of like these you know these are your pads these are your rhythmic tech you know and but like she was able to she was also student director at the time of the group and so she was able to give life to each line and just the way that pulled together like what you hear on the track is just them organically going for it and and making that you know making that music meaningful so yeah yeah that was that was darby yeah Yeah. i'm not gonna lie uh hey darby uh that song is on uh my workout mix uh (laughs) it's on my running mix it is a it is a banger it is a jam i love it so uh kudos to you and kudos to you daryl for uh you know contributing to the education of those students now uh, let's talk about your rehearsal techniques mm-hmm. because you know a lot of the educators that we have um, had on the podcast, they always approach things a little bit differently. Yeah. You know, um, I had Ryan Stumpke's on here a while ago who talked about a five-step process that he actually learned from Dr. J.D. Frizzell, mm-hmm. which I'm um, I'm sure I believe you've worked with as well yes, um, at you know some of um uh, the the acapella conventions yeah. and conferences and whatnot. So how do you approach your uh, rehearsals with your students? uh well we have our our students are um in order to participate in the acapella group um it was we have our program kind of um in like the the development of the program is like you're in the beginning choir or you're in the intermediate or you're at the advanced level choirs and at the advanced Mm -hmm. level we have the advanced women's choir advanced mixed choir and then the acapella group and so because their plate is so full um, these students are in all three of the advanced choirs and like each advanced choir has a lot of stuff on their plate. Like, right. like we try to max it out. Um, our approach was to, we, my approach was to make sure that we didn't waste rehearsal time, like teaching the music, the expectation, mm-hmm. um, part of the audition process process was, um, they were already expected to have a strong knowledge. This was just to even get into, into any advanced choirs is to have a strong, um, musicianship, like to have strong musicianship. So they were, you know, strong sight readers. They, they were exemplary with, you know, um, they were, they, they kind of had some level of leadership. Um, what title or not, like they, they were able to help where they can and they showed that and, you know, also like they maintained good grades and like came to school, like had good attendance, all you know. And so mm-hmm. when our, our setup was, we gave them uh, a schedule, like they had a kind of a, a schedule for the whole year and would have certain gigs and like each gig they we would have to have like the this is like a 30 minute gig so we're gonna have to have these many songs in there and these are the songs so by the time for us to be ready for that gig then we'd say okay we'd have to have this piece learned by or this section of this piece learned by um they would have sometimes they'd have a little bit of a part track but if it was or maybe it was a part track for just a small snippet but otherwise they were learning a little bit everything on their own pretty much mm-hmm. um but I mean, but it took a while to get there. It's not something where they're like all amazing sight readers. No, they they work on it. They sit down and, you know, they, they, they're not pianists, but they'll learn to pluck things out if they need to. Right. Um, and then uh, they were to come to each rehearsal with their parts learned. Um, and then after that, like, and, and they would go in knowing what their role was. So if they were singing a pad or they already kind of knew how to approach 
whatever texture it was that they were singing in that, you know, on, in that section of music. So that when it was time to put it together, they were ready to listen, not right. ready to like learn and, but they wanted to see how their part fit. And um, that was, that was the polishing. And eventually it turned into a, like this machine that like, all they had to do was just come in and get a quick warm up in, jump into the music, fuse it all together, and then leave some time to like play with the line and try something different and really like develop and explore the artistry. At the end of the day, like we just wanted to give them the tools to, you know, create what it is that they wanted to create. So right. um, giving them the time and space to, to do that. Then after we found that we had a polished sound off of microphone, we were fortunate to have like a kind of a microphone system set up mm -hmm. where then they would go on my wi these wired microphones um and be on monitors and rehearse it on mic because sometimes that could bring out things that you weren't hearing before right and like if you know you're in a live gig and you haven't rehearsed with that setup that could mess sometimes throw some things off you know oh, yeah. so yeah so then you know we went on mic and then <sighs> after after that preparation after we tighten things up then we would add choreo and that would be yeah that was kind of our setup so maybe for one for for us to finish one song it would take maybe just uh about a week week max maybe a little under a week to get that done that's awesome yeah i i love i love the idea that you really put it in their hands and they take ownership and you said you know these are your more advanced choirs so yeah. you know for those people that are listening out there that really want to try this with you know their choirs, you know, just understand like there's a lot more yeah. musicianship. There's a lot more going on that these students like these are the cream of the crop yeah. of of West Orange, basically. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Who have become a part of that, you know, and I, I that's part that's important. And that's not to say that, no, you know, the teachers out there, you know, who don't necessarily have you know, the one percent, you know, working in their acapella group, mm -hmm. there there are ways that you can still modify and approach, you know, the method that uh, Daryl's talking about. But one week is pretty amazing. Yeah, well, and so. and it it is. And it's not to say that like and yeah, cream of crop, but I feel like a lot of it wasn't we weren't really talent based, I feel. And we stressed that from the beginning, like at mm. our very first parent meeting orientation of each school year, we we stressed that this is not a talent oriented thing where like be just because you have a good voice you're automatically no everyone everyone right. is expected to start at the beginning and you know talent they understand they learn talent catches our attention but it's the work like work worth work excuse me work ethic that keeps yes. the attention you know for you know and so i think the thing about the way we were we had operated was um the students never relied on you know what they what they didn't what that's why i said like they weren't pianists but whatever they could do they would try to get done so like yeah it's mm -hmm. a it's a small percentage but i feel like just kind of the culture that um you know one can create in their program if if if, if they kind of established and we did we established that from the beginning that whether regardless of what choir you're in what level work ethic is work ethic like you can bring a lot to the table even from the very beginning so oh yeah yeah like so don't definitely don't shy away like other choral directors out there um don't shy away from doing it with the beginners it, in fact it starts at the beginning anyway so right you know and, and if, if anything i think um i would rather have a student who may not be the strongest talent wise Always. but has 150 percent work ethic you know Always. and um it also you talk about culture and and the and how you know 
the success really is is built upon the culture that you've cultivated in within your program. Yes, so, I mean, you could have the student who is super talented, but if they have a horrible attitude and yeah. a horrible work ethic, and they're just going on talent talent alone, it's 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 going to be detrimental to Absolutely. what you're trying to create. So, yeah, yeah it's a hundred percent. You know, hundred percent work ethic right. over you know one hundred percent talent. I think. Absolutely. So, um, you. Uh, you actually ran into a, a very unfortunate situation. We were actually talking about this before, mm-hmm. before I hit record. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is uh, when your spring break last year yeah. um, happened. Uh, you were actually home. You're actually a New York guy, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, living in Florida and you were visiting home for spring break and you never end up really going back because yeah. everything shut down. You ended up going virtual for the year. Yeah. And now you've actually transitioned. Yep. Um, into this virtual uh, vocal studio yeah. that you have now, uh, based in New York City, and uh, New York City, Long Island area, you yeah. know, and um, you bit pretty much provide uh, lessons uh, for vocal and piano online, and, yeah. and and instill these same values that you did with your students at West Orange yep. to uh, a variety of ages. So, can you talk a little bit about um, you know your virtual voice studio that you have started? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the motivation behind this was I kept on seeing more and more. Uh, both in Florida and then I noticed, of course, while here in New York, that um, music was almost, or arts in general, was deemed non-essential. And I'm like, no, it's far from that. In order for everyone to keep their sanity through all this, it's like music, all arts are this form of therapy almost to get for everyone to get get through all this. And so one thing that, uh, wrapping up um, the school year last year, one thing that uh, I, I encouraged my students to do while we were all virtual was to explore their own individual creative outlets and see what comes out now during this time because really through this time like you know a lot of good art is made unfortunately kind of um through through some tough times and so i encourage them to while we may not necessarily be together to find creative ways to do that so yeah it was through zoom and um, a lot of them also like explored other apps and softwares to delve into and some of them actually started like producing their own tracks which was really cool and starting their own sound clouds but um this came about by um basically my mission was to make it make the education process um accessible for mm-hmm. all students of all ages and 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 what i began to no- notice more and more with taking in more students mm-hmm. is a lot of people n- like without me having to ever mention it a lot of people themselves coming right in right off the bat say like how this is essential and what by saying you know students of all ages i mean i'm getting students like six years old to like i have a student who is with me he is maybe like in his i, mean, I probably don't want to announce it but he's you know he's el- he's older and right, so right, right. but like what that tells me is people during this time they're making an investments to themselves through this and like i think that's what a lot of people are learning about this and so my goal is to make learning uh, about music about singing totally accessible to everyone and give them tools to develop their craft and um, grow as an artist. And so that mm-hmm. that's kind of where and, and the fact that, you know, it's virtual is I can I have students like, you know, in New York and across mm-hmm. the map, you know, so yeah. that's been a huge plus about starting this virtual voice studio. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, we, a lot of the guests that I've had too, you know, mm -hmm. I've been able to have conversations with people from across the world really yeah. <laughs> because it's been virtual. Exactly. It's, it's not like I've had to fly anywhere or they've had to fly and see me. Yeah. Um, not that they would want to fly to Montgomery, <laughs> New York, but, uh, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, you bring up a great point that it's, it's essential to no matter what age you are, yeah. you know, six to the elderly, the older, yeah, older folks, yeah. you know, and, um, you just, you talk, and, and I want to talk to you about like how you approach it with each singer, because I mean, you really think about it. It's, it's more of an individualized approach completely. And, you know, I, I feel like for you, um, being able to work with so many different age ranges mm -hmm. that really gives you the opportunity to shine as the educator, because now you're not focused on one specific age group. You're not focusing yeah. on like the changing voice. So right. you're not focusing on, you know, working on, um, certain, you know, vocal ranges right. within, you know, one, uh, you know, age range. So, yeah. you know, how do you approach working with a six-year-old versus working with, you know, someone whose you know, voice is essentially fully developed, yeah. but it may not be strong, it, you know, it, it's drastically in, in, in many ways, it's the same. And in many ways it's different. Um, Obviously, with um, a young a younger student, there are. It's so funny. I feel like teaching. Um, I feel like I don't want to say like teaching older is harder. It's just that um, there are set ways already. You know, sometimes and sometimes it's 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 difficult to get get um, get an idea across if if uh, someone is set in their own ways so um heavily but um i feel like the biggest difference is um just experience uh when when you know teaching like a, a younger child i feel and, and you know each each person each child you know whether i have two six-year-olds they can be totally drastically different themselves right. but generally um teaching younger children um you know, you keep you you give them basics and you give it to them in a fun way and try to make them understand. Uh, you know, how are you going to teach a six-year-old the idea of a pojo? Like, what what does that mean to them? And so, you know, mm -hmm. we 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 do different examples. Sometimes I'll like liken it to like, oh, think of like a balloon or or and but some people some some of them get it right away. Like we have exercises that they'll you know they'll find the rib cage and I say, what do you what does it feel like when you do this breathing exercise? And they say, oh, I feel like. Is it expand or deflate? And they begin to identify some of these feelings and some of them are really quick to apply it, which is really cool. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and that just goes to show like experience or what, it, like it, there's nothing, you can have zero experience and still bring a lot to the table. Like that's right. that's the cool part. And I think that's one of the coolest things about going private and teaching one-on-one -on -one is that all your attention is on that one student versus it versus having it divided amongst many you know in a choir setting right but honing in on just one person's voice and teaching them about like you know the difference in you know registers and how to you know support the sound and vowel shaping and resonant uh resonance and you know all those things um playing around with those ideas um with a six-year-old versus a 60-year-old let's say um it that's i think th the same it's just the approach that's different like i like i'll give them the idea for for a child i'll give them the idea and then i'll have them do exercises that make them feel it feel the differences mm -hmm. and then they'll start to understand it and apply it so really across the board um a lot of the students regardless of the age they get it 
and they and and once they get it i just kind of give them room to play around with it and you know try it in different songs and or i have some students that are songwriters and they want to play with it in their own song or you know help me please with this you know bridge and how i want to sing it in this way i'm like all right well let's try maybe not mixing it but maybe trying to see what happens mm -hmm. if you you know move 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 into a like a chest mix you know that type of a thing so right yeah that's awesome so um my question now is uh with uh, I, as many educators know there has been challenges with technology oh yeah about how to how to approach singing um within you know your classroom setting mm -hmm. you know there's always that worry about the lag and the delay yeah. and, and things like that so with running you know this business yeah. of you know working with students virtually mm -hmm. how do you approach it on your end to to make sure that you're giving the best the best quality lesson that you can for sure um with the um the obstacles and hurdles that come with the technology involved yeah um the biggest issue with you know especially with just starting the lesson off with some warm-ups is hearing them because you know either they'll cut out or you know zoom has this delay um i can be playing the vocalese on the piano and you know i can't hear it like it's not their sound isn't coming in with you know my sound blasting out there are there are some settings to dial in on zoom to help you mm -hmm. like removing echo or um different items like that but it still doesn't completely line up the sound and uh and sometimes you'll miss certain things so what i do is i it's i just kind of prep I um, have some vocalese tracks that like are evaluative, and right. I send them to this to the student. I have a little Google Drive set up just for that student there to access them, download some of those tracks, and when it's time for their lesson, they up they have those tracks either playing on a device that not usually the same device, but um, if they're on their Zoom on their laptop, they have their phone and they yep. can play it on their phone and then sing along with it while I'm muted on my end to prevent any sort of um, interference. They'll sing it. Um, they'll sing along with the with the track with the um, and it goes for both vocalese tracks and an accompaniment track to, you know, whatever song mm -hmm. there is that they're practicing. And you know, while they're singing along with it, I can just unmute myself and I can hit my, I can like raise my hand. That means stop where you are. And I say, okay, make this adjustment, try this. Um, and it should, you know, tell me what you feel when you try it. Go ahead and do it again. And that right. type of like, it's, it's very fast paced. It helps us to maximize the time in our lesson. And mm -hmm. it just, I can hear them clearly. Um, and I also, what I like to do is I have like one window open with our Zoom lesson and then in another window, I'm on my laptop when I do this, and another mm -hmm. window um, with a Google document open and I'll type up little lesson notes. So mm -hmm. while they're muted and while they're singing, I'll be jotting some notes down. That way they have it documented um, what it is that we covered in that lesson. They can always go back um, and, and look at the items that we covered. I will also then record the zoom lesson and then drop it into their folder there so they basically have everything that we that was going to be my next question yeah you record your zoom lessons there it is yeah for sure i mean and that's mm -hmm. you know like i feel like in, in college when we were doing voice lessons they're like record your lessons record your lessons i mean here they have the benefit. on cassette tape by the on way on cassette yeah. tape what even is that do kids know, that? I know. what is that anymore <laughs> What's a cassette tape? Wait, what? Um, yeah, so yeah, everything's recorded and they can go back and access stuff. And what's really cool is uh, they can hear the difference. Like they'll mm -hmm. listen to the beginning of the lesson and see how it's changed, how their sound has changed, or 
you know, whatever, by the end of the lesson. And yeah, and they, they, they can practice with it, you know, throughout the week. So and now does the same work for your piano lessons as well? Is uh, there... That one's a little bit different because uh, I'll, I'll record the lesson to show them the technique. But usually once they once they understand the concept from the lesson, they don't need to go back and watch it. But it's there for them if they need it. What they then usually do is just continue practice. Like if it's a scale or something, they just continue practicing it on their own um, for for a piano lesson. But for a piano lesson, I usually have a, a, a two a two camera setup, one mm -hmm. that shows my face and another one that shows my keys, the, the mm -hmm. piano. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that can get really tricky because there's no great angle unless you have some, I've seen some people with amazing setups where like they have a microphone behind them. I've done the, you know, I'm so glad we're on Zoom. This is not going to go on. Well, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I've done one where I'm like, it's all audio. It's all audio. I've <laughs> like, you know, put my phone in my mouth and had the camera like facing down and like playing with them. And, oh. you know, it's because they, like, we need to see both hands. I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to shove my phone in my mouth, sanitize it. Right. But yeah, like, you know, the two cameras set up so that they can see both. And, and that is a big share screen situation mm -hmm. because if you know they have they, they're looking at music then yeah there's a lot of prep that goes more into the piano than than the voice but right stuff. but uh yeah both are equally as fun they are challenging but mm -hmm. yeah i think once you i think they're challenging in the prep part but once that's done just kind of go and teach the lesson you know so there's a couple things I like about this. Uh, one is, you know, the idea of having to put the phone in your mouth. Um, <laughs> it just, you're literally speaking for a majority of us educators yeah. who are trying to do anything possible, anything that we anything can to make sure possible. that our students are getting the best possible education. Right. So, I mean, regardless of, you know, I mean, I could, I could look like a fool and like, I don't know, I've given thought about like, my son has this like Buzz Lightyear, like space helmet kind yeah. of thing. And, you know, taping it onto the helmet thing so i'm like yeah. wearing it you know I mean, there's there's you get you get creative right. you, you kind of think a lot of duct tape a lot of velcro you, For know, real. you never know yeah um you know and then just the idea of, of prep work you know yeah. um you know you really need to um i think if anything a lot of us this year have put in double maybe triple I, yes. the 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 prep time to oh prepare God. everything whether it's you know creating lessons uh that are going to be you know uh streamed live right. or you know recording your lessons while you're teaching them and then replaying them for students who happen to miss it whether right. it be you know bad internet connection or whatever oh, so yeah. just just the amount of prep time that you have to put into it but the beauty of that prep work especially in a on a recorded setting mm -hmm. is that you have it forever. Right. Once it's you done, know, it's have, done. Once it's done, it's like, you know what? You, you started with this student and he's like, you know what? This actually could work for this student. Yes. You know, and now you already have that. You know, I've actually reached a point this year where um, I'm hitting the lessons that I was teaching online last year. Right. Wow. We so, yeah. So now it's like, all right, the, the last portion of my school year, yeah. I already have you know, in my Google drive, it's, it's, it's modifying it to this year, but like, wow, I have that base, yeah. um, you know, lesson, right. Those base lessons ready to go. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's perfect. And, yeah. and I will say for any other, you know, freelance upper, you know, entrepreneurs out there that are looking to delve more into this, I, th I think, you know, just kind of in terms of like how to capitalize off of this time, Mm -hmm. Having these kind of small set little lessons and kind of figuring out a way to record them um, 
someone could very well develop these like small little courses, maybe just three videos and like mm -hmm. have it be there for like for people to purchase. And that's that since that work is done, you know, advertise it, send it off out into the world and then, you know, make some passive income from it. You know, you've already done the work. And if you want people to go ahead and purchase it, that's a great way to do that while we're or while we're already online anyway, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I love about your website, by the way, which is virtualvoicestudio.net, for those of you that are uh, looking yeah. uh, to, to work with Daryl, um, is you actually talk about the setup that you have. Yes. You know, and, and you give suggestions as to what would potentially work for your students. Yes. You know, and, and, and the, the things that you bring up they're they're not break the bank type things, you know, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's nice, but like it is, you know, you make an investment into, yeah. into the improvement. So I love that you, you get, go detailed into what it is that you use and then suggestions for what your, your students can use as well. Yeah, definitely. I, so many students are, especially during, you know, during this time, like I said, a lot of them are exploring their own, you know, creativity and they want to know. What you know? What what things do I even start with if I want to do this? Well, if mm -hmm. you know, there are different things. There are different things that are out there that won't break the bank, and so this these are those items. And so I wanted to kind of devote like just a page where here's the re here are the resources for you to develop your artistry. So yeah, right. Mm -hmm. That's great. And you know, um, so I want to get into just your overall career. You know, we were in in Potsdam back in, you know, like back in the, you know, 2000, yeah. or you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, you, you made the leap to Florida state, you know, yeah. which has one of the top music programs in the country, you know, working in, in choral conducting, yeah. you know, you, um, you were associate, uh, you know, music teacher or music director under, uh, Dr. Redding, mm -hmm. you know, who is a, a Grammy award-winning educator, yeah. um, you know, to be able to have, you know, to work with the people that you've worked with and just working with the students that you've worked with yeah. in, in your 10 plus years of, you know, being an educator, yeah. what has been some of the most memorable things um, that you've, that you've had happen within uh, your career? Oh man. I, the, the biggest th thread um, I think was, and, and this was just a, the, the pinnacle of our, um, our, our choral programs, um, not pinnacle, uh, this was the, uh, the heart of our choral programs mission was unity. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, the thing about what, you know, your, your basic average high school student, public high school student, you know, we didn't have, um, students that can afford private lessons and, uh, you know, all they had, all they, all they could demonstrate or, or all they, they can bring to the table was their heart, which is, I want to say that's all you need. Like, you know, like you don't have to have all the resources. You don't have to have all the money, but if you learn to maximize what you've got and, and you don't make any excuses for what you don't have, but you, you just, you, you continue to, you know, push, um, with what you do have, uh, the magic of what a unified um, team can pull from that is just absolutely is, is incredible. I mean, to me that our, our album vibe was one of the achievements that really a small, you know, just kind of sparked from just a small little dream. And, you know, we didn't at the beginning of forming the group in, in of noise complaint um, in 2015, that wasn't really like a thing that we thought that we could ever do, you know, right. that was just something like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if, 
And then, you know, eventually we're like, well, why not? You know, and it led to one thing like, you know, we, we, we tried for an, or we, we went for an ICHSA at one point, um, a quarterfinal and, you know, we performed and we didn't do too great, but we had fun, but we kept on mm -hmm. going, you know, and, and in spite of, um, how, the challenges we said all right let's try this and we tried the uh back in i can't remember what year 2016 or 17 the macy's acapella challenge um mm -hmm. i want you back and we said let's let's film we don't you know well you know we don't have video resources it's okay we got garage band let's figure out how to do this and uh we got or we don't I, not um video audio resources so garage band and then like movie resources iMovie like we got all those things and let's piece them together and see what we can do and mix them together and you know we took we took the kids on that um on that journey of like, it's okay, we may not have all of the things that we, you know, all the things that maybe other schools might have or other students might have, but we mm. have what we do have and we're going to maximize what we can do, uh, what we can get from it. Um, and when every student and really even their parents and the administration, when everybody's unified and everyone's on the same page uh, on this mission, um, gosh the things that can get accomplished and i always say like in parent meetings i'm like if you just sit back and watch a unified team like mm -hmm. so many questions will be answered and it's um what like even just for you i i, I bring up an example of there there was a, a weekend rehearsal that we had with um with noise complaint and it was lunchtime you know we, we was on a saturday and we'd been there maybe mm -hmm. from, from nine and um it was lunchtime but like you know, and we were preparing for, I think it was, we were preparing for um, uh, the National Acapella Convention. Like it was a rehearsal mm -hmm. that we were getting ready for, for that. And um, it was lunchtime and the, the, just the way the kids looked out for each other, like, hey, would you have something to eat? Oh, you don't have anything? Here's my sandwich. And like, and even with me, like, Michelle, say we're gonna go out and get some coffee. What do you want? I'm like, mm -hmm. what? Where do you get this money? <laughs> like, but like, it just didn't, that stuff didn't matter. Like the thing about that was like, they were all there to serve a bigger, a bigger purpose bigger than themselves mm -hmm. they all understood that and they were all unified by that that they let go of their own individual i want to say demons almost that the things that mm -hmm. they understood that held them back they let that go because they didn't want it to hold others back and mm -hmm. that like power of you know being unified is is just I, I i've seen them really conquer and break down walls that i'm like Oh, if the White House could see this, or if even if just the general world, especially with the time that we're in, could see mm -hmm. like the power of being unified, um, you know, music and, and music and choral singing was just the vehicle, but mm -hmm. like the product of it was just what students were able to do for each other, with each other, um, and not just students, but just people in general, um, when they understood that the purpose of them being here and serving um, one another was bigger than themselves was just it was such a it was powerful you know yeah at that point it stops becoming about the music and it just becomes yeah. about you know like just taking pride in, in what you have right you know and you know one of the things i've always preached and i've mentioned on a few uh earlier episodes is this idea of it's about the process yes. and it's not about perfection and a lot of what you just mentioned is really about diving into the process yeah. you know when you you talk about that macy's video and um not having the same resources as other groups that's that's a common thread amongst many schools yes. in this country yep. you know and not for nothing we just um we just watched uh the ichsa yeah ICSA, 
you know, they just went through a music video competition and, you know, and it's all across the country. Like every state has their own idea of what's safe and what's not safe. Even within New York state, we, we have different ideas. Every district has something different ideas as what's safe and what's not safe. You know, this district says, well, you can sing indoors as long as you're, you know, 12 feet apart with masks on. Some schools have that space within their right. Yeah. Some, some don't, you know, some schools, the kids are singing outside, Yeah. you know, and it gets pretty cold, it's cold. In yeah. New York, you know, I mean, it's been in the sixties this week, but Hey, who I knows know. what's going to happen. But, yeah. you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, watching the music videos that we, um, you know, I, I helped, uh, with our high school director. She has, you know, two groups. I helped out with her music videos. My middle school group got to participate, which was awesome. Yeah. And we did, we did, uh, their music video together, but just watching, the beauty that comes from each school and just seeing what the, the schools have access to and what they don't have access to. It, it didn't, it wasn't even about that anymore. It was about these students came together to put together a product that they've been missing out on for a year. Right. You know, and it it was less about, you know, the equity of the situation. It was more about the, the pride that each, each group took. And and just even reading the comments through like the live stream is like, it's a very supportive community. Yeah, it was. And, you know, I like looking at that process and you even said, you know, I wonder, you know, wonder if we could record this out or record an album or was like, what if, and then, and it becomes something you you get that drive and that passion and you work towards, you know, the process of creating it. And regardless of how it may come out in the end, Mm you worked your tails off to get there. And yeah. that's, that's something to be more proud of. Than oh, anything. absolutely. And one of the biggest things that we, we talk about was like, you know, we, we always told the students, you know, we, you can take away a trophy, but mm. you can't take away the, the, what you earned from the process that, you know, it took for you guys to get where you got, like, you right. know, so don't make it about the trophy. You know, that's not, that's not the it. And, and many of them, even even coming out of like any competition, what, no matter how they did, they knew where they stood because of they knew they knew what it took to get there, uh, the, mm-hmm. both musically and like even the fundraising that all the all the hard work that goes into it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like it may, just just making making counting on uh, making the right things count for sure is yeah. is yeah. Um, and holding and holding the value of what what you're bringing to the table as well as those around you what they bring to the table as well. That's so, that's so crucial. Just having that supportive environment. I, that's been the most rewarding thing in this, in this, you know, having been in this process of music education. Yeah. And it sounds weird to kind of compare the two, but um, you know, I ran track in high school and um, you know, running track, I, I think running and running track is, is kind of similar to everything that we're kind of talking about right now. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, when you're running, you know, for me now, when I run, I'm running against myself. Yeah. I know, I know I'm not going to place first in the races that I participate in. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there who are faster than I am. Yeah. I know that if I, if I try and keep up at least, mm-hmm. I could finish this race faster than the last race I ran at the same yep. distance, Absolutely. you know, and that's what it was like in high school too. You know, our coach, you know, prided himself on making sure that, you know, we focused 
you know, the goal was to try and get first place, but, you know, we also focused on our PRs. Yeah. Now, could we set school records? Could we, you know, yeah. could we run the fastest leg of the four by four or right, whatever, right. you know, and, you know, working in a team that way, you, you push yourselves even harder Absolutely. to make sure that you set those goals. I, so I, I know it's kind of a weird way to Not at all. Look, look at it that yeah. way, but like, I, I, I think again, it, it comes down to, you know, improving yourselves yeah. and, you know, and, and people around you, you know, there may be always those people around you who are better but you know what at the at the same time it's yeah. it's not about them it's a, yeah. it's about you making the improvement for yourself yeah absolutely so. absolutely and it was it was always a service mentality like regardless of whether whether someone else was better or worse you know it, that's not to qualify it off of just one um either competition or something because like you know mm -hmm. better or how much does that matter the next day you know it's it's mm -hmm. just progress is progress and you got to count the steps that you make you know Right. That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and not for nothing, this is just, I'm, I'm glad that we've had the opportunity to talk this week because it really just shows, I know that, you know, you're not there anymore, but I know that those kids, those students yeah. still, they, they still love you, man. And, and Dude. I'm sure they miss you like crazy. Ugh. And, but just, just that, that idea of that culture that you helped cultivate for them, yeah. you know, that's something that they're not just going to have in high school. That's something that they're going to take with them to, to university. They're going to take with them to the workforce. You know, those are lifelong lessons that are not just mm -hmm. music lessons. Those are, those are life lessons Absolutely. that you've taught them. So I, I give props to you Thanks. for, for being an, an amazing person. It's something, I mean, I mean, this is something that I've known for gosh, however many years we've really known each other. Yeah. Like, you know, when I heard that you were going to Florida state, I was so proud of you, man. I was so oh. happy for you. And, you know, just seeing the successes that you've put together and come up with, and you may not realize it, but I've been keeping an eye on you, man, from afar. It oh sounds weird, God. but I feel so, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, it's so, I'm so happy uh, oh. for you and all of the success that you've had. And I'm, I'm wishing you all the best with the virtual studio. I and um, I'm telling you anybody who's listening right now, like, not even just virtual lessons, but you need a clinician, you need a conductor, oh. call Daryl. Daryl oh. is phenomenal at what he does. And uh, he he will get the best out of your students. God, so. dude, that yeah, I, it, 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 that means a lot. Thank you. I Absolutely. mean, and, and I you already know, I've admired you for the longest as you know, our MD when we came into point accounts and even just as a musician and your time at the fault line and everything that you all the amazing things that you do and continue to do is, you know, you you've ignited that 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 spark in me for the longest. So I well, thank you. What you this is a nice show of emotion we have here to, you know, to close the it tears out. Are there. The tears are it's, there. It, they are. They are. So <laughs> dare I <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh, man, I can't wait to, to continue this conversation, you know, so, um, you know, another day. So yeah. um, <clears throat> Daryl Yase, uh, thank you so much for uh, catching up with me, talking with me this week My on pleasure. the Aki Education Podcast. So folks, we will be right back. Hey everyone, this is Justin from the Aka Education Podcast here to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is what I use to create these podcasts and let me tell you, it's free. Uh, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And the beauty of it is it will distribute the podcast for you. So I can record on Anchor and it's going to send it to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all these other places as well. 
And I love that I can make money from this podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So be sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Listen, Daryl Yase is one of the top young educators out there in the country today. So be sure to check him out at virtualvoicestudio.net. And thank you so much, Daryl, for joining me this week, catching up uh, since college. And dude, you're doing a great thing. Thank you so much. Be sure to check out the links in the episode description for resources from this week's episode. Follow the podcast on social media at AkaEd Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And follow me, Justin Glodish, at OfficialJGlow on TikTok and Twitter. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're found on Anchor, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. New episodes are released every Wednesday. You can also now tune into the podcast on Akaville Radio, akaville.org. If interested in supporting this podcast with a monthly donation, go over to anchor.fm slash podcast to do so. And if you ever have any questions about the podcast, suggestions on future guests, please email me at akaedpodcast at gmail.com or leave a voice message on the Anchor website. From the Aka Education Podcast, I'm Justin Glodish. We'll talk soon.